Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Mudslide cleanup continues in Montecito, California today. Orange markings left on doors tell crews the homes have already been searched. Some have mud as high as the roof. In one of the hardest hit areas, a silver Mercedes Benz. Its front and rear fenders completely destroyed, set atop a tree stump, the only thing left where a home once sat. Windows of the home completely blown out and a line of mud halfway up the front of the home marks the destruction. Rescuers say they will continue to sift through every piece of debris and level every pile of dirt until they find those who are missing. Mike Balsamo, Montecito, California. 20 people are known to be dead uh, now. The officials in Peru say this morning's powerful earthquake so far has caused one reported death and 57 injuries, a magnitude 7.1 quake. This is SRN News. Larry Elder explains this is just the beginning of the books coming out about Trump. I'm watching MSNBC and CNN. It's Bannon, 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 Bannon. The answer is 17% of Republicans have a positive view of Steve Bannon. This is just one of a bunch of books that will be coming out. They're going to have to build another wing on the Smithsonian for all the books that are going to be coming out. The Larry Elder Show, afternoons at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. You're listening to AM 1280, The Patriot Intelligent Radio. Coming up next is the second half of the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's Brad Carlson, the closer with the Narn broadcast right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. So don't go anywhere. First, we'll give you a quick weather update now. I have 15 degrees in snow likely through most of today. A high of 0 degrees on MLK Day tomorrow with a wind chill advisory into Tuesday, so stay safe. And a high of 4 degrees for Tuesday. Stay tuned. It's the Narn with Brad Carlson. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into the show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also send us a text message if, the if you are so inclined. That number is 651-243-0390. And you can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN. That's hashtag N-A-R-N. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content, and as always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Uh, a lot to get to in this uh, one-hour broadcast. And of course, uh, I, this is a, this is going to be a power pack Sunday. Like I mentioned at the blog, you know, I always uh, put together a uh, post promoting the show. This is a power pack Sunday. You know, uh, the Northern Alliance Radio Network right up until three, and then you kind of have to get all your snacks and appetizers ready for the Vikings kicking off at three forty p.m. So big game. Uh, this I, I said when the NFC field was set that the Saints would be the toughest draw the Vikings would get. So if you're gonna if you're gonna go to the Super Bowl. You gotta you gotta beat the best and might as well play the best team right up front. Some people may argue that uh, if the Vikings win next week would be the toughest game because they actually have to go on the road in potentially difficult conditions in Philadelphia. But one game at a time, as they like to say. So Skull Vikings, uh, let's bring it home. What is it? Hashtag bring it home. Bring the Super Bowl home. Yeah. 
Well, it's going to be here, whether the Vikings will be in it or not, remains to be seen, but uh, a guy can dream. Anyways, we, we may talk about that later, the final segment, but I do want to get to some news from this past week, and I don't think I mentioned anything last Sunday about the Golden Globes. I know it was taking place last Sunday, and I am not in the habit of watching award shows where a bunch of elitist, smug, self-congratulatory people get together and laud each other and then uh, just hammer conservative politics. Because that doesn't, you know, this this whole thing, they, they, they call themselves a resistance. And I, it's like, I'm sorry, it doesn't take a lot of bravery to savage a president who uh, whose approval rating has pretty much been underwater since the day he was inaugurated. Maybe he had a high above 50% for a time after he was inaugurated, but not for very long, if at all. So it doesn't show a lot of, a lot of bravery, a lot of boldness or anything like that. But of course, this year, uh, I was, I, I didn't tune in, but I was at least interested to check the fallout after the show came and went, because of course, after the Harvey Weinstein scandal came out uh, late in the, I guess it was the middle of last year, last fall. I don't remember the exact time frame, where he basically violated many different actresses, blackmailed many different actresses who didn't uh, submit to his uh, requests. You can use your imagination what those requests are. I mean, it's out there for you if you want to read about it. I'm sure you're all aware of it, so we don't need to cover it. But a lot of these actresses were going to go to the Golden Globes wearing black dresses, and they came up with a new uh, a new hashtag because in this day and age of social media, that's what activism is all about, apparently, is is coming up with creative hashtags. Of course, it was the Me Too movement of women coming forth and telling their stories about how they were oppressed via sexual harassment or maybe even sexual assault and chose to not tell the story for fear that they neither would be believed nor would they have the opportunity to work again within their industry. And finally, we're in an environment where women are free to come forward, share their story. And it's not like the story is going to, you know, the story, obviously, women have a right to be believed. I firm, I, I believe, I, I agree with that. I mean, Hillary Clinton brought that up during her campaign. Yeah, women have a right to be believed, but there should also be uh, due process as well. And again, we're not going to get into all that. But the point is, is that the Me Too movement eventually evolved into Time's Up, where that kind of behavior where... Uh, these powerful men are basically using their position to harass or, I dare say, even assault uh, women uh, is no longer going to be tolerated. And the thing that I couldn't help but wonder, these, as, as these actresses who are in attendance were donning black gowns to to show solidarity in their vow that Weinstein-esque tactics would no longer be tolerated, how many of these actresses were privy to Weinstein's behavior all these years, yet chose to look the other way for the sake of their careers? Uh, I, I can't believe they were completely in the dark. And yet, how many of them just kind of shrugged and said, well, you know, that's kind of the way things are done in Hollywood. We, we, we don't necessarily like it, but we accept it. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have this prestigious position of being an actor in the entertainment industry, high-profile position, the, 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 the fame and rewards you receive and accolades off the charts. So it, it, it balances out. I wonder how many were thinking that. Because now, all of a sudden, They've discovered some sort of moral compass that, okay, this, this, this is no longer acceptable. And this was not lost on uh, New York Post columnist Maureen Callahan. She wrote about this after the fact that uh, these celebrities eh, didn't exactly cover themselves in glory Sunday evening. Again, Maureen Callahan of the New York Post. And the award for ultimate hypocrisy goes to the Hollywood class of 2018. This year's Golden Globes were meant to be a defiant, vibrant celebration of a post-Weinstein industry, an awards ceremony about so much more than meaningless awards. We were promised a reckoning, the leveling of a male-dominated industry that institutionalized the rape, abuse, and harassment of women for decades. Like so much Hollywood product, 
advanced buzz was greatly exaggerated. Not one actor or actress on the red carpet or on stage made direct reference to their industry's greatest monster, the one they boast of slaying yet still want to appease. Host Seth Meyers in his opening monologue was the only person in the room to mention him by name. Harvey Weinstein can't be here tonight because, well, I've heard rumors that he's crazy and difficult to work with, Myers said. But don't worry. He'll be back in 20 years when he becomes the first person ever booed during the In Memoriam segment. And how do these brave, crusading, black guard, pin-wearing celebrities respond? They booed. Same when Myers made a crack about the disgraced Kevin Spacey fumbling a southern accent. Oh, is that too mean, Myers asked incredulously, to Kevin Spacey? Even a tame Woody Allen joke fell flat. It seems there's no sexual predator who still doesn't get Hollywood sympathy. And there was even more more to it than that. There was also a, uh, I apologize, I didn't have the story up. There was a, uh, there was a woman, I forget her, uh, I forget her name. Uh, let's see, Connie Britton. You ever heard of her? Connie Britton, actress. What is she in? I don't even know. I'm out of touch. Anyways, apparently she uh, was wearing a sweater that said uh, something along the lines of uh, poverty is sexist. Yet the sweater was like $380. That's supposed to send some sort of powerful message? You're wearing a $380 sweater decrying poverty? Really? So these celebrities, yeah, they're woefully out of touch. And... They're offering up plenty of fodder for people like myself who enjoy mocking that hypocrisy. Yeah, there's plenty there. But Jim Garrity at the National Review put together a post, and it it really made me think, and I hope it made a lot of other people think, because, yeah, you can call out these celebrities, again, for their smugness, their self-congratulatory nature. It's all nauseating how they think that they're changing the world, calling for gun control when they sit behind their iron gates and have their armed bodyguards, or they decry poverty in $380 sweaters, and, 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 they, and they demand or, or they, they show support for a, an open and free press when during eight years of the Obama administration they ignored uh, how the press was at certain points kind of tamped down, and we may get to that a little bit later. But Jim Garrity kind of put together a piece that made me think a little bit. It's like, hey, yeah, these people are flaming hypocrites. And, yeah, they uh, are come across as over-the-top smug. But um, is that really the best response to all this? And I'll read Jim Garrity's uh, at National Review. Uh, Sunday night, Hollywood held the Golden Globe Awards. And with almost everyone dressed in black, the hosts and winners and audience tried to grapple with the scandal in its own sometimes narcissistic, sometimes self-congratulatory, sometimes off-key way. Yes, it's likely that a significant portion of the people in the room knew about the open secret of Harvey Weinstein and or heard the rumors about Kevin Spacey and Louis C.K. and numerous other figures in the industry. Maybe there was some guilt behind that fancy black attire and the Time's Up pins. But does being insufferably smug mean that anything they said about the need to end sexual harassment wasn't, you know... Right and true? If hypocrisy is a tribute vice pays to virtue, doesn't it still mean something that virtue deserves that tribute? If you want to scoff, oh, Hollywood was always notorious for the casting couch. Yes, it was. But what if the women and some men of Hollywood want that unsavory tradition to end? If there's an effort to reform a corrupt institution, should we on the outside applaud or snicker that it will never change? If you want to say their words are insufficient, fine. It would be nice to see Asia Argento, Mira Servino, and other women who had their careers derailed by Weinstein to start getting some jobs again. So, okay, I'll, I'll see Garrity's point that in this case, the ends would justify the means if such lecherous behavior is eventually eradicated. But as, the, as I read in the piece uh, put together by Maureen Callahan of the New York Post, uh, Hollywood still seems hesitant to be 100% vigilant. So, I'm sorry, color me skeptical that merely wearing black and perpetuating the Time's Up hashtag is going to be the magic antidote here. But again, if they're moving towards steps to eradicate it, and, and, and there have been some prominent big names that have drummed out of the industry. I mean, Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey, are they ever going to work again? Should they ever work again? Who knows? But it's certainly the, 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 their issues certainly have been addressed. So, yeah, okay. Some positive steps are taking place. 
I'll, I'll, I'll concede to that. But you know what would really be brave and even refreshing? And this may have happened, and if it has, somebody please send me the link to it because I'm not in the habit of browsing entertainment channels or, or entertainment magazines. But what if someone actually came forward and said, you know, the way we kind of glorify the sexual revolution that was championed by Hugh Hefner, who passed away this past year, maybe that probably was kind of the gateway, the opening of the floodgates, if you will, by glorifying that kind of behavior and thus led to the traditions of the casting couch more prolifically anyways. I would really, that would be so refreshing. Again, maybe somebody has said this and I missed it. But I'm being serious here. If someone would actually come out and finally say, okay, yeah, we've turned a blind eye for long enough and we all had a blast going to the Playboy Mansion, but looking back now, uh, yeah, maybe that kind of led to a more seedier atmosphere in Hollywood. And as a result, that's how things got out of hand, got out of control, and it was kind of a gateway to this more lecherous behavior. To me, that would far outweigh any black dress or any social media hashtag or any pin that you decide to don in uh, protesting this. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also use hashtag N-A-R-N for any comments or questions via Twitter. And also, uh, was Sunday night, the Golden Globes, the kickoff for the Oprah Winfrey for president in 2020? Yeah, we'll discuss a little bit about that when we come back in mere moments on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. If your tooth fell out, would you replace it? Most people would. So how is your hair any different? If you're tired of losing hair, simply replace it by going to INeedMoreHair.com. Let this be a year to make a new hair's resolution. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Meet the hair transplant specialists that have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan near 35E and Diffley Road. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more competent reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Tired of rats and mice living in your home or business rent-free? Then you need to plug in Pest Free. Hi, I'm Scott. My father and I have been helping Australians be pest-free since 1995. Since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, it was always my dream to come to America. I could not be more excited than to make plug-in pest-free available here. Plug-in pest-free will rid your home or business of rats, mice, and even aid in the control of cockroaches. Our bestseller, Plug-in Pest-Free Pro, covers up to a whopping 4,000 square feet, and that's fair. Income. At a one-time cost of only $249 and designed to last for years, Plug-in Pest-Free is your most cost-effective choice in pest protection. Stop wasting good money on those costly, ongoing, toxic chemical treatments. Plug-in Pest-Free today and start driving those pests away at gopestfree.com. Use promo code MICE10 for 10% off and free shipping at gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Order yours today at gopestfree.com. Life is expensive. Having a second income now and through retirement will allow you to live life the way you want and avoid being married to your job. In just a few hours a week, you can learn the skills to profit from trading and investing by using our proven rules-based strategy at Online Trading Academy. We focus on low-risk, high-reward trades that mirror the tools Wall Street uses to make that second income so you never outlive your retirement dollars while providing you life's most precious asset, time. Let's get you on a path to financial freedom, allowing you to live the life you've always dreamed of. Call OTA at pound 250 on your cell phone for a free investing workshop or register at learnwithota.com. Again, that's learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy Radio.
1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, as I'm closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can uh, check out my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. and every Sunday replayed from 9 to 11 a.m. It is The King Banyan Show. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves is heard every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. a.m. 1280 The Patriot. He's the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. I am the closer, closing out programming every Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. And as always, thanks for your uh, nearly 14 years of support. Yes, by far the longest-running weekend conservative talk radio programs uh, in the Twin Cities and uh, here to serve you for many, many more years. Thank you, as always. I want to get to... I was. did spend the first segment talking about the uh, virtue signaling taking place at the Golden Globes and indicated, okay, yeah, these these people are self-congratulatory, narcissistic, hypocrites, all that sort of thing. But if positive steps are being made toward doing away with the quote-unquote casting couch and uh, powerful men using their positions to uh, intimidate women via sexual harassment, sexual assault, because they know these women want to have a career in the industry. Okay, that that's got to stop. And if it's being eradicated and then that's then that's a positive. Despite the methodology being uh, questionable, despite the fact that a lot of these people don't really have any moral authority because they turned a blind eye. But if they've had kind of a awakening, okay, that's different. And again, I as I as I concluded the first segment, I want to hear somebody Come out and con- and say that maybe the sexual revolution, you know, particularly the all the knights and the uh, grotto at the Hugh at uh, the Playboy Mansion with Hugh Hefner and all his Playboy buddies. Yeah, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Maybe that was kind of a uh, precursor of things to come and didn't lead to the best behavior. And again, maybe someone has come out and condemned that. Someone with a, a big voice that is who's to say? I don't know. But what was really uh, really caught a lot of attention, a lot of fanfare, was uh, Oprah Winfrey received the annual Cecil B. DeMille Award for Lifetime Achievement. Now, Oprah's been in the nation's consciousness for probably 30 years now. You know, her long-running talk, talk show, the Oprah Winfrey Show, that kind of launched her into uh, the stratosphere, and and she uh, became a uh, ve- probably one of the more recognizable names and figures uh, in American pop culture, American media. And I personally never watched Oprah's show a whole lot. I mean, when she had guests on whom I, that I was interested in seeing, yeah, that's one thing. But uh, I I've I maintained for a long time that the way people revered her and idolized her, it was, I, I'm not big into cults of personality. And again, whether it's worshiping at the, uh, you know, whether, you know, the Obama cult of personality, or even Donald Trump has a cult of personality. I mean, look at look at during the 2016 campaign. The guy couldn't do anything wrong in the eyes of a lot of his supporters. I mean, they would justify him do, doing and saying the most outlandish things. Okay? So I'm not big in a cult of personality here. Well, seeing that a celebrity can actually run for president and be elected president like Donald Trump, which was incredulous to a lot, people are incre- still incredulous over that, uh, they're thinking, why not? Why not someone like Oprah? You know, she's this great orator. She she has this this wonderful worldview. Where, uh, you know, and, and it's a it's a far left worldview, but yet people who watched Oprah didn't tune in for politics. And I don't recall her ever getting very political. But again, I it's not like I was a prolific Oprah Winfrey show viewer or anything like that. But they kind of took her speech as kind of a kickoff to. You know, the Oprah for president in 2020. And given the current atmosphere we're in, given the current political cycle we're in, is there any question that she would be a viable candidate? I don't think there's any question about it. Now, it's not something I, someone, I would prefer because when I vote for presidents, I take into consideration their stance on policy. And, yeah, if there's some really over-the-top questionable character issues like there, there were with Trump— 
then I'm going to really consider it. I'm going to really consider whether I want to vote for someone who's representing the party for whom I usually vote. I mean, I typically vote Republican in presidential elections, but because Donald Trump was the Republican candidate, uh, obviously there were some things that made me very uncomfortable and very hesitant, never got on board the Trump bandwagon. And, of course, you know, I've said it a hundred times on the show, once the October surprise came out with the Access Hollywood tape, uh, I, I couldn't couldn't support him. All right. And again, I'm not going to criticize anybody who did. I, I, you know, you gave your any. This is what's great about this country. You can use any rationale you like to support any political candidate you like. I may question that rationale, but guess what? You don't have to appease me. You don't have to ask for my permission. Okay. And same with me. I don't have to give you a reason why I, I why or why I do not vote for somebody. All that being said, people look at Oprah and. They say, well, if a, if a celebrity can be elected president, what could happen if someone as classy as Oprah runs? Okay? And, you know, here's the thing. Does Oprah have the ambition to even want to run for something like that? Because here's the thing. I don't care who you are. The millisecond you run for president, you're going to have close to half the country despising you. Now, there may be some traditional you know, Republicans who people who vote Republican that just vote for Oprah because she's a big name. Again, people vote for, any, for whoever they want based on whatever rationale they want to employ. But I dare say that once Oprah gets out there and you know, she faces uh, these questions and debates and, and, and substantive issues, what kind of answers is she going to give? You know? I, I think what really kind of put people in fantasy land about wanting Oprah as president is how she was out there speaking on behalf of the press. She, uh, I'll read a portion of her speech. Uh, I want to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. We know the press is under siege these days. We also know it's the insatiable dedication to uncovering the absolute truth that keeps us from turning a blind eye blind eye to corruption and to injustice, to tyrants and victims and secrets and lies. I want to say that I value the press more than ever before as we navigate these complicated times, which brings me to this. What I know for sure is that speaking your truth, not the truth, but your truth, key distinction there, is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. And I'm especially proud and inspired by all the women who have felt strong enough and empowered enough to speak up and share their personal stories. Each of us in this room are celebrated because of the stories that we tell. And this year, we became the story. So that was an excerpt that I wanted to kind of parse out for a little bit because, yeah, I, I, I agree. The press is under siege these days. And sometimes some of the things Trump says, it's unjustifiable. But there, it's also undeniable that the press has become so overzealous and so blinded by their biases because the vast majority of those who work in media are left of center. And that's fine. You can have whatever worldview you like as long as it doesn't affect your objective reporting. Unfortunately, not a lot of these media people have that kind of discipline. And so, therefore, they're so overzealous to report things about Trump that they get their facts wrong and they report things out of context. And so while Trump has been unfair and inappropriate in some of the things he said about the free, free press, the press themselves haven't exactly covered themselves in glory. And here's another thing. Oprah, you're so concerned about a free press. Um, what did she say when her pal Obama, remember in 2007, you know, pointed to Barack Obama, he is the one. And then sure enough, Obama ran for president and, and won in 2008, largely because of Oprah's endorsement. Let's be honest. That's where we kind of started sliding into idiocracy, by the way. Where was Oprah when uh, her pal Obama's administration was wiretapping and hacking into the emails of Fox News reporter James Rosen, who reported, based on an anonymous source, that there might be tougher U.S. sanctions against North Korea? Okay? The Obama administration decided to spy, basically spy on James Rosen, a member of the free press. And how about when they hacked into the emails of certain Associated Press reporters, either hacked in their emails or tapped their phones to try to figure out where they're getting all of this information on CIA activity in Yemen. Even the ACLU came out 
and said that that was just an absolutely outrageous and shocking abuse of power. So did Oprah step forward and speak up about a free press back then and value the press back then? Isn't it amazing how only now, when the media is called out on their biases, that people are starting to defend a free press? Where were you when they were committing serious abuses during the Obama administration? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N. It is me, Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. You know, you can get tremendous pain relief benefits with Relief Factor without any of the negative side effects of ibuprofen. Why? Because this is natural, healthy stuff. There are no side effects. There's no prescription drugs. There's no chemicals. Just good, healthy dietary supplements that unleash your own body's natural healing powers. 80% of people who start with a quick start, just $19.95 for three whole weeks, end up getting more Relief Factor. You should give it a try. Again, you have nothing to lose but your pain in the whole world to gain. $19.95 comes to $0.95 cents a day. That's less than a cup of coffee a day for pain relief. Go to relieffactor.com. Read all the testimonials. Find out about it for yourself and order that quick start. Just $19.95 or $0.95 cents a day for three weeks. Or you can call them. It's toll-free. They can answer all your questions. 1-800-500-8384. That's toll-free. 1-800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets, and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Sheraton Bloomington, January 26th and 27th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, the closer. Thanks for joining the show today. Hey, just want to uh, remind you folks, I know we have a lot of uh, folks out there who are uh, have prominent roles within their place of worship, their church, their Christian school, what have you. So if you are in leadership or a decision maker at your church or Christian school, you are invited to join us at the second annual Crisis and Security Summit, Wednesday, January 24th at the Doubletree by Hilton in Bloomington. Now, this is a free event, and it features experts in the fields of preparing for and responding to a crisis, cybersecurity, physical security plans, and more. Again, this event is free, but you have to pre-register. So go to am1280thepatriot.com. And you'll find a banner, logo, what have you, for the Crisis Security and Security Summit. And this is brought to you in part by Henningsen and Snoxel Attorneys at Law and AM 1280, The Patriot. 
And as always, we appreciate all of those who have taken on the responsibility of these prominent roles within your uh, house of worship and your school. Uh, We live in uh, some pretty scary times, and uh, obviously we want to be as best prepared as possible. So again, go to am1280thepatriot.com, click on the banner for Crisis and Security Summit, and definitely register today. Want to switch gears a little bit. Obviously want to uh, talk about the... uh, well, the negotiations back and forth between uh, President Trump and Congress regarding uh, renewing DACA. That's the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Now, for those of you who may remember, this was implemented uh, via executive fiat by Barack Obama back in 2012. Essentially, it was a program that allowed to, or excuse me, allowed, or, or it was a program implemented where it said, those who were born here to illegal aliens would not face deportation because the rationale being, hey, just because their parents came here legally and they were born here, that's not the fault of the child. You can argue whether that's good policy, bad policy. I'm not here to say necessarily. All I'm telling you is that was the rationale behind it. And a couple of years later, President Obama expanded the program to include include adult illegal immigrants who hadn't violated any laws other than, of course, them being here illegally. and But that was kind of his want. When Congress didn't bend to the will of then-President Obama, he, of course, that was kind of his philosophy. In fact, I, I saw something where he said, where it was four years ago today where he came up with his pen and phone style of governing, where he basically said, I have a pen and I have a phone, and if Congress won't act, I will. Basically saying, that if Congress doesn't do what he wants to do, then he's going to do things by executive order, which uh, isn't how three co-equal branches of government checks and balances work. All right? That is the whole purpose of three co-equal branches of government, to provide a check and balance, where one particular ideology or party can't run roughshod. Now, again, I've said it 100 times in the show, President Obama got so used to the fact that for the first two years in office, he had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted because it was a heavy majority for Democrats in the House. And for a a while, there was a veto-proof majority, a filibuster-proof majority in the U.S. Senate. And that's how they were able to get Obamacare rammed through. So... Uh, obviously, when it came up five years later, this past fall, uh, President Trump allowed DACA to expire. Now, leave aside for the moment that Obama likely abused his power by usurping the U.S. Congress, you know, the folks who actually make laws. Uh, executive orders implemented by a president of the United States are not required to be upheld by the next administration. Because they're executive orders are put through by the executive. And you'll remember President Trump reversed a lot of Obama-era executive orders during his first several months in office. But let's get back to the merits of the DACA law. Whatever you think of the merits of this law, any legislation uh, relating to immigration should be devised by Congress, also known as Lawmakers, okay. We have occasionally you have to have a civics lesson here, or rehashing, or maybe an introduction. Okay, that's why. And again, this is maybe kind of an aside, but that's why people were freaking out so much after Trump was inaugurated because they would figured they they assumed that Trump would tamp down on women's rights and immigrant rights and all that other other sort of thing. And the reason they thought that is because their their president Obama basically did a lot of those things with, his, with, with, by, with a stroke of a pen. Okay, they didn't realize that that was usurping the co-equal branches of government. So uh, I kind of had a little sympathy for these people who were freaking out because they weren't really aware of how that's supposed to work. But <clears throat> again, I digress. So I said all, all that being said, it, make, it, it made the latest court ruling on this DACA issue all the more stupefying. This was from a uh, Fox News story. A uh, federal judge in San Francisco, (laughs) yeah, of course, San Francisco, a federal judge in San Francisco on Tuesday barred the Trump administration from turning back the Obama-era DACA program, which shielded more than 700,000 people from deportation, Reuters reported. U.S. District Judge William Alsup, an appointee of President Bill Clinton, ruled that the program must stay intact 
while litigation is played out. ALSEP ordered that until a final judgment is reached, the program must continue, and those already approved for DACA protections and work permits must be allowed to renew them before they expire. So let me get this straight. A judge rules that a questionable executive order, because, again, there's some serious arguments over whether President Obama had the authority to do such a thing. This questionable executive order handed down by one president is required to, to stand during the administration of the following president? This is essentially what this judge is ruling. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some of the things that went on in the Oval Office negotiations, the big story from this past week of, of Trump basically denigrating some third world countries. We'll definitely address that. I want to address that. But this is a different issue that kind of cropped up before these negotiations took place in the Oval Office. Uh, Jonah Goldberg wrote at the National Review that this has kind of been a symptom of a greater problem that has been brewing in this country for some time. And again, I'll read Jonah Goldberg's piece at National Review. The system the founders set up depends to a huge degree on the assumption that the uh, our branches of government will be jealous guardians of their institutional prerogatives and powers. Indeed, the founders expected that each branch of government would, from time to time, try to steal more power than afforded them by the Constitution. They assumed that the greatest bulwark against such encroachments would be the refusal of the other branches to relinquish their rights and power. It never occurred to them that the branches would willingly relinquish their responsibilities to the other branches. And that's an interesting point about this, because when President Obama went ahead and unilaterally made laws or revised laws that he didn't like, remember, the, he also did this with the Obamacare law, where he delayed the employer mandate because he was not enough people were signing up for the Obamacare law when a lot of the full provisions kicked in in 2014, and therefore President Obama, Obama seeing this, says, well, we don't want to implement some sort of mandate just yet. We want to give people more opportunity to sign up for the Obamacare law, so we'll put off the mandate, because it got to the point where people were like, you know, I can't find any suitable health insurance that's either affordable or covers a lot, but yet it's called the Affordable Care Act. That's kind of ironic. Yet people were not finding any, it very affordable, nor was it covering a lot, or these plans were covering a bunch of things that they don't need. Like, there are not many men that I know of that need prenatal care, okay? But yet, that was a lot of what they were having to pay for. But yet, Obama unilaterally delayed the employer mandate provision, okay? Even though this was a law that was approved by Congress and signed into law. And he kept condescendingly saying, well, enough of the challenges, this, it's the law. Well, until it isn't. My point is, is that when Obama did a lot of these things he's ex by executive order that were very questionable, the Republicans in Congress kind of cherry-picked which ones they wanted to go after him. And finally, when he implemented the, uh, the executive order in late 2014 saying that adult illegal aliens who are here in this, they're here in this country illegally and they're under 30 years of age, as long as they haven't committed any laws outside of being here illegally— uh, they're welcome to stay and have these different protections, all right? And the Republicans in Congress took it to court, and it ended up, Obama's order ended up being overturned by a circuit court, I believe, down in Texas, and the Supreme Court ended up upholding it. Well, it was at the time when there was only eight justices, and it was a four-to-four deadlock, which means the lower court decision automatically stood. But the point is, is that the Republicans didn't seem to really go after him a whole lot over these executive orders. They really, and this is how... You provide that check and balance by taking at the court system and saying, hey, we think the president overstepped his authority. And this is the point Jonah Goldberg is making in this piece, is that the founders assumed the greatest bulwark against such encroachments would be the refusal of other branches to relinquish their rights and power. It never occurred to them that the branches would willingly relinquish their responsibilities to other branches. Amen. Yet that's what we're seeing. So this was an issue that cropped up when this... Uh, I believe it was the Ninth Circus, or I mean, <coughs> Ninth Circuit uh, Court in San Francisco handed down this ruling. So, uh, but thankfully, members of Congress, even Chuck Schumer, you know, minority leader in the U.S. Senate, said, "You know, that's all fine and good that the court made this ruling, but we still need to get this sorted out uh, by con via Congress." Well, the negotiations between the president and Congress. Eh, kind of took a little bit of a hit last week. You've probably heard about this story, and we'll talk about it when we come back for the final segment right here in AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance. Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. 
And again, you can weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N. One final segment coming up on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Your child's education is one of the most important decisions you can make as a parent. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. A quality Christian education can make all the difference in your child's life. A Christian school typically provides smaller class sizes for your student to flourish. Smaller class sizes can allow for more one-on-one time, allowing for individual attention with each student to focus on their academic needs, helping your child succeed. AM 1280 The Patriot believes in the power of Christian education so much that we've partnered with private Christian schools in the Twin Cities to offer half off your child's first year at a brand new school. That's right, half off. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com to check out a full list of our partnering schools, see frequently asked questions about the program, and learn more. We have a limited number of vouchers available, so the time is now to start planning for the upcoming year. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Are you looking to change your cleaning service? Hi, this is Jessica Carter, and I'm the owner of CTC Professionals. We specialize in cleaning offices, car dealerships, and small businesses. One of the main things that makes us different is the fact that we are small, family-owned, and that enables us to offer affordable pricing. The first thing that I will do is meet with you, do a walkthrough of your facility, go over in detail what exactly you'd like done, and I ensure that it gets done at every cleaning. We use a detailed checklist, and we pay close attention to detail, and you're going to see that after each cleaning. So here's a no-risk offer for you. Try us free for one week. We'll clean your business, and then we'll ask you if you can tell the difference between what we do and your current cleaning company. No obligation, risk-free. We're CTC professionals, and we would love to clean your business. So call me today at 651-404-0132. Do you want exceptional convenience and still do business with a like-minded Minnesota company? It's Lucky Station Convenience Stores. Larry Elder here with Lucky's owner, Scott Stevens. New Year's bring new ideas. Starting in 2018, one of Lucky's corporate goals is to be more involved in the community. That's why I'm proud to announce the Cups for Cops campaign. Starting this month and running the balance of this year, come into any Lucky stations, purchase any fountain or coffee drink, and we'll make a donation to Gallagher's Army, which supports the families of fallen police officers. Lucky's Station is a small group of family-owned convenience stores in a world of giant national chains. Lucky Station has everything that the big-name convenience stores have. You see, owner Scott Stevens and his family welcome the opportunity to earn your business. Fill up at Lucky Station today. Lucky Station, providing service for the customer and support for the community. Best wishes and Happy New Year. Now, there's a Lucky Station near you. Find them online at LuckyStations.com. Lucky Station, the official convenience store of AM 1280, The Patriot. Hey, welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, North Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment on the broadcast. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Now there was one. There was a regular season game, I believe, it was when the Vikings played Atlanta, and of course I was working on the show during the game, and the game ended just before I went off the air, and as the show ended. I saw that the Vikings had beat Atlanta, and I walked out the conference room and I yelled, "Skull Vikings!" and and uh, uh, crack producer Brandon said something along the lines of, "Yeah, great year, and they're probably going to lose in the divisional round of the playoffs." So, do you still feel that, Brandon? Is that what you're predicting, or were you just trying to rib me, kind of, kind of throw some shade my way, as you kids like to say? Um, you know what? I'll, I'll call a Saints win today. Okay, that's fair. I'll go on a limb. I don't think it's probably going to happen, but I have to stick with my guns. So that's okay. You know, like I say, what we believe will happen or won't happen doesn't have any bearing in the game. Obviously, it's just you know that that's perfectly fine. I I'm calling a 24-21 Vikings win. I think it's going to be a very it's close. It's going to be game. close regardless. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be a, a Vikings won handily week one Monday Night Football when they hosted the Saints. But both teams are dramatically different since then, so I don't think you can glean a whole lot. From that, so yeah. Either way, it's going to be uh, going to be a close game, like I said. So, uh, hopefully, we're talking about uh, NFC Championship game preview featuring the Vikings and Eagles next Sunday. Uh, dare to dream, dare to dream. But one thing at a time. Got to beat the Saints today. Uh, hey, I do want to get to in these last few minutes. Obviously, 
the uh, allegations that President Trump referred to certain countries as uh, crap holes. Obviously, I can't say the S word on the air, but that is what Trump has alleged to have said. And again, I'll read the Washington uh, Washington Post story. President Trump grew frustrated with lawmakers Thursday in the Oval Office when they discussed protecting immigrants from Haiti, El Salvador, and African countries as part of the bipartisan immigration deal, according to several people briefed on the meeting. Excuse me. Why are we having all these people from crap hole countries come here, Trump said, according to these people, referring to countries mentioned by the lawmakers. Well, first of all, a couple of things here. When it when when has it ever been appropriate to leak details about a private meeting in the Oval Office? Again, this isn't justifying what Trump said. If Trump said these things, it's highly inappropriate and, quite frankly, disgusting. I'll address that in a little bit. But when has that ever been okay to leak details of a private meeting? You're trying to tell me that every single president before Trump was prim and proper and didn't use salty language? Because people were apparently outraged by by the language, which was even more hilarious given what some of these people have said on air about President Trump. So let's tune out all the noise, first of all. Trump apologists dismissed this as Trump just being himself. And, you know, he has no stomach for political correctness, so he's just going to say what's on his mind, you know, whatever. And then, of course, there are leftists who have likely said much worse about rural counties and, say, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, as well as the entire southern United States. And yet these people have the nerve to engage in this obligatory pearl clutching because resist or something. So let, let's just tune those people out, the Trump apologists and the obligatory leftists who do the pearl clutching any time Trump says something but are nothing but flaming hypocrites. So let's address the alleged comment. Now, it's true that there are countries whose conditions can be aptly characterized as a proverbial crap hole. But why are they in that condition? Myriad reasons, really. I mean, think about it. Islands which possess neither the infrastructure nor adequate resources to recover from natural disasters. You know, Haiti and the terrible earthquake that they suffered and how they haven't been able to rebuild. Because, like I said, they don't have the infrastructure or the resources. There are... You know, uh, war-torn countries where evil elements like ISIS, they take advantage of a power vacuum. Uh, You have corrupt governments who were, quote-unquote, democratically elected, but yet uh, kind of siphon off the country's treasury at the expense of the citizens. And, of course, you have good old-fashioned tyrannical leaders who tamp down the citizens' desire for liberty. They don't ever expose them to anything going on outside their country so as not to show how they could really live. Hence, they have no access to any kind of medium like the Internet, what have you. So they they keep them in the dark. Hence, people in North Korea referring to Kim Jong-un as dear leader, thinking he's the be-all, end-all, right? So it's true that these countries can be characterized in kind of that manner. But how does that reflect upon the citizens of that country? How does that reflect upon the people of that country? I'm not denying that there aren't countries in that in that condition, and that and people who are defending Trump for saying that were missing the the greater point. Yeah, well, when they were discussing which immigrants should be allowed to have these protections, you know, because Trump is, wants to build a wall, and obviously he's going to have to give some leeway and allow some people to have a, a uh, an expedited path to citizenship, or at least uh, have get a green card. When he says, why are we accepting these people from these kind of countries? Well, is it that big of a leap to assume that people coming from, he's characterizing these people from these countries as undesirables, that he doesn't want them to come here? Because I dare say that there are some quality people coming from many different third world countries. We've seen plenty of examples of it in our own country. You know, there was a, there was a, uh, oh, I wish I could remember this. There was a, a gentleman from who originated from Ghana that ran into a burning building. I think was it in the Bronx, something along those lines, to help rescue people that were in a fire. Or there was a there was a very poignant photo that was released last year of a an, a, a young man who was a native Haitian who was able to come here and went to one of the service academies. I think it was I think it was West Point. I'm not 100 percent sure. And how he graduated from West Point 
and the tears streaming down his face because he got to he's going to be able to have the opportunity to defend a country he so dearly loves and he's so grateful to be here. I mean, there's just a couple of many, many, many examples you could come up with of quality people coming from not great countries. So when Trump starts questioning why should people from these countries be allowed to come here, well, it shouldn't any immigration policy shouldn't be based or scrutinized on country of origin as much as the quality of the person, hence some sort of uh, merit-based immigration system. And again, if you're going to have any kind of merit-based immigration system, forget the country of origin. Look at the quality of the person, the character of the person, right? Isn't that how it should work? So again, any negotiations that were taking place, Trump greatly damaged, not not to mention the fact that he may have damaged some Diplomatic relations between countries. Ed Morrissey, our Northern Alliance, former Northern Alliance Radio Network colleague, wrote this at Hot Air. Uh, people want to dismiss this with the idea that Trump's just talking like regular Americans. But a president in our system is not just one politician among many. He's also the head of state. And when a head of state starts calling other countries crap holes, including some friendly to us, it has international consequences that go beyond our own internal debates over immigration policy. It's foolish, and it's needlessly provocative. A responsible president has to govern his tongue with much more closely, much more closely than the rest of us do. A lesson Trump still has not learned. So, and, and that's a great point that Ed brings up because Trump and apologists and his apologists need to learn one valuable lesson post haste. Speaking with dignity and decorum does not mean that one is compromising their basic principles. Because the reputation has, well, Trump is politically incorrect. Yeah, but, you know, giving a coherent, dignified speech does not mean he's compromising his core principles. Okay? So we need to kind of have a nice balance here. I'm still waiting on that presidential pivot where he said he's going to be so presidential we're going to be bored watching him. Still waiting on that, by the way. Hey, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network, Skull Vikes, bring it home. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. Turn all of the Message and data rates may apply. I care about the food I put into my body. I care about trying new things. I care about having time for what I love. I care about protecting my dietary restrictions without compromising taste. At Green Chef, we care too. So we offer deliciously nourishing meal kits for every lifestyle. Paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegetarian, vegan, carnivore, and omnivore. All packed with organic ingredients. We care about embracing the adventure that is life. So we offer innovative chef-crafted recipes that will enliven your cooking skills and let you explore flavors from around the world. We care about making time for what you love. So we do the shopping and most of the prep for you and deliver it all to your door. Dinner's ready in about 30 minutes. And we care about making it easy for you to try Green Chef meal kits. So we have something special for you. Discover our exclusive introductory deal by texting the keyword JOY11 to 543-543. That's JOY11 to 543-543. J-O-Y-11 to 543-543. Do you have sleep apnea? Are you tired of dragging your big bulky CPAP device with you whenever you leave home? Yeah, well I was too. That's why I'm so glad I called to try the Transcend Mini CPAP for 10 nights. I can't imagine living without it now. My Transcend is smaller than a soda can and weighs less than a pound. That's less hassle to carry than my shaving kit. Plus, I was able to add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. But hey, that's not all. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, which means I can finally sleep comfortably while flying. Heck, I can sleep comfortably anywhere now. So if that all sounds good to you, call now to give Transcend a try. You'll be glad you did. Experience the life-changing freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. To receive your risk-free 10-night trial, call now, 1-800-915-2344. Again, that's 1-800-915-2344. 1-800-915-2344. The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. 
Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up-to-the-minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. The next time you could use a pick-me-up, head over to Godvine.com for uplifting and inspirational videos that you'll truly love. Join the millions of Christians from around the world who watch and share Godvine videos each day. They know that Godvine videos are specially chosen to bring joy and share the love of God and the wonder of His creations. For the very best Christian videos, visit us today at Godvine.com. This is AM 1280.